0: Listening to Squat Club on the air.
1: Welcome to Squat Club on the air, featuring Ash Huggett and your host Luke Beeson.
0: <laughs> hey guys, welcome to episode number four of Squat Club on the air. Um, I'm with Mr. Luke Beeson today. Luke? Hey guys, <laughs> that, that, that's your cue. Oh yeah. Hey guys, how are you? Unless people are not uh, they're not watching on YouTube but um, we're also good on the audio, so you make sure that you do, uh, you can't nod. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry about that. So what are we, um, what are we talking about today, Luke? Uh,
1: well, what I thought we'll discuss is uh, long-term training outcomes, so how to be, you know, not successful just in the, the few weeks, but also the long-term, what leads to long-term success, um, what things are we looking to, to do um, within our training and nutrition.
0: And I think it's like it's a very good topic because, you know, people can start off and then they want the quickest fix, you know, and we both know that it doesn't work like that. And the quicker we kind of get to where we want to be, we can really plateau and halt our progress. And uh, it can really um, can stunt our motivation as well. And, you know, it can stop people from continuing on with their training. So we're looking for some sort of consistency and a long-term progression uh and lifestyle factors as well huh
1: yeah i think that's the biggest thing like you know building muscle and seeing results it isn't a, a weekly or monthly thing it takes time it's a really energy dependent process that you have to you know be sticking to long term so i think that's probably the first thing that we'll probably start on is that consistency over the long term adherence is what that's something we have to be looking towards otherwise we think it's going to happen in two weeks we're going to be left disappointed
0: yeah and i think uh I guess in terms of talking about uh, the uh, long-term progression is that uh, coming down to choosing, I guess, like select weights of uh, of the movements. Like we don't want to choose anything that's too excessively heavy that's going to, you know, have an impact on our joints, our joint health. Um, and especially as well if we're going you know, too heavy, we're going to be stopping ourselves from progressing over time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I
1: can uh, maybe we like break it up into – Category so everyone can kind of follow. So, you just started with, um, I guess, putting the right stimulus on our muscles, getting tension across muscle fibers. I think that's probably maybe the first thing that most people understand. But what are some keys long term that we should be looking for um, from a a stress point of view and trying to get an adaptation? Maybe we'll start there. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, from a, a, a long term or even short term point of view, I think people, you know, understand that you do have to lift weights. Um, one of the things that probably sometimes people get wrong is either the intensity is way too low, or it's either way too high, where they're just going to fail you on every set and they're not recovering from it. So, um, yeah, the intensity and volume is probably key. So, how close you are to failure when you are training, and then um, you know how many sets are you actually doing of that. So, yeah, doing it. Look at. Let's give some guidelines for those, Ash. Yeah, so
0: it. I guess when it comes to building muscle, we want to make sure in terms of what, uh, what you were saying, Luke, is the intensity. If we can look at um, aiming, you know, our working sets, we want to obviously uh, have some hard working sets, but we want to stay within five reps away from failure. That's going to be somewhere that's going to be, um, you know, reasonable uh, for majority of people, um, and that's kind of where you're going to get a lot more of it. Um, you can really... Get a lot more results from that and training in that range. Um, and like you were saying just then, is that anywhere if we're we're going lower and the intensity is lower, it's not going to have the same f- effects, you know. So we do want to stay, we know roughly around that three to five reps away from failure in that range, um, because those those or even you know even one to two reps away from failure, but those uh, those harder reps, they're the ones that are going to be extremely effective for us. Yeah, I agree. A
1: lot of lot of people can also. They either go, like I said, maybe too far into too many sets and they end up, you know, like Ash said, beating up their joints, ending up being always sore, um, and then end up not training at all because their body can't do it. So, um, having a good roughly between, somewhere between, you know, 10 to 20 sets per week per muscle group, uh, maybe even the lower end if you're a beginner is a good place to start. Um, But making sure they're in effective sets, like Ash said, with the reps in reserve and getting closer to failure. yeah, that's
0: probably the yeah, starting point. We, as well as that. touching on that with the sets, that 10 to 20 sets, you know, it's going to be very individualized um, for each, for everyone. Um, but just know that there is, I guess, like there is a bit of an inverted uh, U-shape uh, effect when it comes to how many sets that you're, you're training each body part per week. Um, anything that's too low is not going to have the hypertrophic effect. Um, and then also anything that's too much can also have a negative effect as well in terms of hypertrophy. Uh, in building muscle, so you know it is individualized but if you know a good recommendation is to kind of stay in that 10 to 20 sets per week uh, for each body part yeah
1: I think that will probably lead to our next point as well Um, most of the time you want to have the amount of sets that you can recover from as well so the other side of the coin so you can obviously push a stimulus and train really really hard but you have to be able to recover from that as well so you know, if you're doing 30 sets and you're not recovering at all, like Ash said, you're probably not going to get results. So find out where your recovery volume is, um, and then also look for strategies to actually manage fatigue as well. So this comes into sleep, nutrition, um, all of these things that help with recovery. So yes, you need to train hard, but you
0: also need to recover hard as well. Think of both of them on like a spectrum. You need to be able to do both. Okay. Yeah, and I guess on touching on that with the re- re- recovering. You know, once you are recovered, is that's generally when you want to go and hit that muscle uh, that muscle group again. So, you know, for most people, a good, uh, a good approach would be hitting each muscle group roughly maybe two to three times per week, uh, allowing yourself to be able to recover um, for that muscle group. And let's say, for instance, it could be a lower body, uh, which, you know, can take a lot longer to recover than, you know, maybe like a, a bicep or, you know, a smaller muscle. Um, we could then look at targeting um, those smaller muscles more frequently as well.
1: Yeah, and the other, like the other thing is to add is, you know, think of an example everyone can understand is trying to train you know, legs four days in a row. Like you're not going to be recovered um, and you're not going to get an adaptation for training. So I think everyone can understand that. Um, like Ash nailed it. If, when it's recovered, you're ready to go again. Um, just don't be an idiot and think you can just keep smashing yourself every day and you're going to get results pretty much.
0: I guess uh, what about, should we, should we talk to about like the P word? The, the P word that is needed to be able to build muscle. What is that? P? <laughs> it's progressive overload. Ah, oh, progressive overload. The magic P word. Um, so progressive overload is also going to be uh, in the recipe to, be able to build muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're not adding that progressive overload uh, stimulus to our training, you know, we can uh, slow down without the results that we're after. So and that's where people can really like halt um, and plateau their training.
1: Yeah, that ties in with the reps and reserve as well. So, you know, just because you walk in the gym and you do one kilo dumbbell curls and the next week you do two, then you do three, then you do four, doesn't mean you've progressively overlaid. You probably haven't put enough stimulus on. So instead, maybe you start with five reps in reserve and then you end up with four and three, as the weeks go on in a program that's probably a better way to look at it a better way of overloading um, rather than just you know staying on the same weight or just not lifting heavy enough it could you could still be overloading but not in a uh, way that you're going to get a stimulus and provide uh, mechanical tension across the muscle
0: fibers as well mm. then like you know I guess touching on as well like there's there's a lot of ways that we can add progressive Add progressive overload but I guess more of an understanding of what progressive overload is kind of going on what you were saying is that we're finding ways to um, you know as we're training we're going to be getting stronger so and like kind of what Luke was just touching on then is that though the, the the intensity can decrease if we're lifting the same amount of weight or we're adding just like a small progression and it's still not um, as challenging So what we need to do is we need to try and find other ways to make that exercise, I guess, put more stress on that muscle. Um, And there are many ways to um, put stress on a muscle and we want to progress that over time. Uh, What are some ways that we can add progressive overload, Lou?
1: So you can always do a rep progression. So you could just, you know, one week you might get six reps at the weight that you've done. Next week you can increase by a rep or two um, depending on um, how – how you're going on that day some days you might feel like you know you feel on top of the world other days you might feel like crap so that's where the reps and reserve may come in mm. but you have a guide to kind of go off by adding reps there as well um you could change the tempo you could slow that down um what are some other ways
0: we can look at increasing the range of motion, range of motion yeah um, you know you could add in like some intensifiers you know something that i like adding in is like a more of a one and a half reps and that would be something that would use Later on in the program, rest times, yeah, Works well, yeah, slowing down the, the tempo. Yep, there are ways you can yeah. progress. You, your main ones are adding, adding reps, uh, increasing sets, adding load to the bar as well. Um, and kind of like what you said before is like you could look at increasing that the, the intensity as well. Yep, with the resting
1: tools, yeah, um. they're the, the key ones,
0: yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, that the, the key with all that is. You know, if you can do that over long, the long term, you're probably going to build some muscle. I think the problem lies is, you know, people do it for a, a month or two, have a month off, try to do it again, and then just kind of go around in circles. So if you can tick all those boxes from a training standpoint, I think you're in a pretty good uh, place in terms of building muscle. Um, if, if, you're, if you're doing these things and you're not getting results, there's probably some other things we have to look at, which will probably lead us to our next point, Mm nutrition. I think that will probably be a big one. So based off where you are in your training journey, nutrition is going to be key. Um, You know, Ash, for example, if he was going through a phase, he's been training for what, 10 years now? Longer. Maybe a longer. Um, it's gonna be a little bit harder for him to, you know, build muscle while he's getting super lean, which he's trying to do at the moment. He's probably just maintaining muscle mass or trying as much, to as, much as, as much as possible. Stay there. Um so f- for him, if he was going into a phase where he was building muscle tissue, he would have to be in a calorie surplus because he needs that energy to support muscle growth. Whereas a beginner uh, may be okay with getting some actual muscle growth while getting a bit of fat loss as well. Mm. Um, so that's something to consider with your training, uh, with yeah your, you know, your training and nutrition linking them two together.
0: Mm. And then you know with that, then we also need to look at our protein intake yep. as well. So it's going to be very important that we're we're training in the gym. You know where we're doing uh, progressively getting stronger. Uh, we're adding progressive overload. We are training. You know within that five reps away from failure. So they're all um, very important tools to be uh, used while training. And then we're also eating in a slight calorie surplus. But then we also need to make sure that we are eating sufficient amount of protein to help with, one, with recovery, but then also trying to help build that muscle. Um, so, again, this is very individualized. Um, you know, So, like, we do have ranges. And you could look at, like, 1.4 to 2 grams uh, per kilo of body weight um, for protein. Um, and you don't need to eat as much when we are in that calorie surplus as opposed to being in that calorie deficit. When, Like what Luke just touched on is like when we're in a calorie deficit, we're trying to maintain as much muscle as possible, So, whereas in the calorie surplus is where we can build more muscle, and that is for more of a trained athlete. Um, So we don't have to eat as much um, because we're in that surplus. We're not going to be losing as much. Um, but, yeah, you basically want to stay in that range between that 1.4 to 2 grams of, uh, of protein per kilo of body weight.
1: Yep, I think that's a good recommendation. Yeah, just pretty much knowing the direction you want to go. So, are you in a phase where you want to build more muscle? Are you in a phase where you're trying to build a little body fat? You know, you can't just, you know, through your training career, for five years just keep being in a calorie surplus. Otherwise, you're probably going to end up fat, and that's actually going to impair muscle growth anyway. So you have to be smart about it and um, decide which way you're going to go. When you do get on the um, more uh, body fat uh, side, it will probably be a time to get get a little bit leaner again and then rebuild. So have that the direction that you actually want to go. Um, if you're a beginner, probably doesn't ma- matter as much, uh, but still you probably won't be nailing the basics with the protein, calories, etc.
0: Yeah, and I guess then, I guess... How how are we managing this in terms of, or I guess measurements? Like, what are we uh, what are we doing to measure? You know, are we are we progressing the right way? Are we uh, in a position where we are building muscle? Like, what's yeah, what' something that you do with your clients?
1: Yeah, so you could just say like uh, you could use it say as a, a checklist. So, from a building muscle point of view, I would you would probably see um, increases in strength because the more muscle mass we have, we will get increases in strength. So over time if you're doing a leg extension machine and you go from lifting you know 40 kilos to 60 there's a good chance that you've probably increased a bit of muscle mass there as well Um, the other ways you can look at it is through photos you can take photos and visually see have you put on more muscle mass Um, they're keys as well probably body weight over time i would imagine if you've been training for five to ten years you know you may have started at 65 kilos little skinny guy like ash Um, And then over time, you probably build up to at your biggest, maybe 85, 90 Um, with good weight training and, you know, increases in strength. We should see that increases in muscle. If you're just not training and eating shit and you go from 65 to 90, you've probably just put on body fat. Mm. Um, So that's one way to check. In terms of a, um, you know, nutrition point of view, um, you can do um, measurements. You can do DEXA scans if you really want to be really accurate with how you're doing it but generally I, I use the, the strength as a metric and see if that's going up um, and photos and also like body weight. And yeah, that's what I kind of use
0: with my clients. I was going to say as well, like, you know, we're talking a lot about building muscle um, and that can really appeal to, I guess, like the male side of things, but yep. it's also very important as well. Like we like to educate with with our clients and a lot of our females that, don't be afraid to eat in the calorie surplus and don't be afraid to be able to build muscle because that is not going to make someone, you know, a bigger and bulkier person in terms of the muscle chair. We, we want to look at, we can't, I guess for a female as well, we can't always diet down. We can't just stay in a dieting phase. We need to try and rebuild, um, build our calories back up to be able to help build muscle, which is going to help build the shape. And then over time in terms of a body composition side of things is that when we can look at dieting down and, and, and improve um, the physique, you know, so I guess that's for, you know, as a physique standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I'm and even,
1: even just from a, um, you know, even if your goal isn't to build a lot of muscle, I still recommend, you know, most individuals um, targeting muscle mass some degree. I think it is healthy to have muscle mass. Um, it can improve quality of life as well. Uh, I think having muscle mass isn't just a male thing. Like Ash said, we should definitely um, put that out there that this isn't just a podcast for guys. No. It's pretty much the same principles for females as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, uh, the guys and girls, you'll both be looking much better with that muscle mass increase. And for a lot of people getting bulky is super, super hard and probably requires, you know, a lot of years training with the perfect principles followed like we spoke about. So generally for most people, this is applicable. Um, I, would, I would say even if your goal isn't to look really muscly, you'd still follow these principles that we've recommended.
0: Definitely. And like you said it then, and I just want to touch on it again, is that with the females, with strength training, you know, we're, we're looking at the, you know, all, all the things that we've just covered off don't look at it and think okay so if I'm gonna be lifting heavier weights and getting stronger over time I'm gonna I'm gonna be bigger and bulkier like that's it's not the case you know so um, please know that that it's it's not that's definitely not going to happen if we are if anything like we just said then is we want to try and keep improving our strength um, and improving our training performance over time yep. and even an age thing like
1: if, I don't know if you're listening to a pod- podcast when you're maybe 60 or 70. But if you are- Shout out to my mom. (laughs) Shout out to Judith. Um, Muscle mass is going to be super important, even as you get older. Like it may be a a switch from instead of building muscle, you're trying to preserve muscle. Um, So it's not a younger 20-year-old just trying to build muscle. It's across the lifespan. I think that's a big key. Whether you're male or female, it's going to be definitely important to have that that muscle mass and keeping that strength training um, into your routine. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good.
0: I think we've uh, pretty much covered everything.
1: Yeah, I would say if the one thing I wanted to go over is um, also in a, a long term, like people get very specific with their training. Um, the opposite of that is, you know, having some variability in their training, changing things up from, um, you know, months or weeks, and um, giving your body sometimes what it doesn't have. I feel like in the long term what I'm seeing more of is people not getting results and not be able to do these things because they're less injured. You know, every three or four months you spent injured is three or four months you're not getting, you're not building any muscle mass, you're not getting any results. Um, so I think that's probably a big thing, managing that and understanding what your body needs more of from a movement point of view. You know, whether that be you add that in your warm-ups or changing up your exercise selection, I think these are all key things that people miss long term. And they end up feeling like my joints are so sore, my back's sore, this is sore. What's the point? I don't even want to do this anymore. So I think that's something that, you know, I'm really interested within training and looking at that of, you know, not just beating yourself up long-term, but actually having strategies in place to mitigate, um, you know, the joint loading and stuff like that, taking your body through full ranges of motion, not just having shit exercise technique where you just, Using the wrong muscle groups, you have to make sure that you're putting the stimulus in the right areas, um, going through full ranges. I think that's key to um, longevity in lifting as well.
0: Mm, yeah, and no, I guess I can vouch for that, and uh, I guess I've I can experience it as well personally. Like, there's a lot of things that I didn't do um, back when I first started, and really addressing mobility, um, breathing as well. And you know, I've definitely paid uh, paid for that, and you know, had to deal with the consequences and you know, it has it has put me on a bit of a backstep with in terms of my training. There's certain things that I can't do anymore, um, and, or there are, would be uh, there be exercises that I wish I could do better and progress better. But um, you know, I need to address those things uh, now because of the what I was missing. You know, back in the earlier days, and you know, we do we we see it around on the gym floor too. People are getting injured um, just because they aren't you know. Getting a whole balance of things, and when they could be neglecting their mobility or neglecting certain like breathing drills too, yeah, you know, and paying for it afterwards. Yeah,
1: I notice that with a lot of people, power lifters, whether they're you know just trying to build muscle mass, um, it's a common same movements, and then your body ends up feeling like you know you wake up in the morning and you're feeling stiff. Um, that's not kind of how you want to live your life. So um, if you can make sure you know you're monitoring your overall volume, not doing way too much, and then moving in a way that not just in the gym, but also supports your function outside of the gym. I think that's key to longevity um, in training as well. Um, Probably a different podcast altogether of how to do that. But um, yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Maybe we'll do that one in the future. Just ways that we can, you know, lift weights, put heat to stress on the tissues in the gym, but also feel amazing when you're outside of the gym. Not that your hip flexors are tight, your back's tight, your traps are always tight, um, so you can still live
0: your life and enjoy training as well. Nicely said, Luke. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, I guess in s- in summary, um, just to kind of recap, you know what we've uh, what we've discussed, because I know that we we pretty much you know we we ratted off a lot of things there that people can take away. Um, yep. it'd be really good. We just summarize and recap everything. So, you know, when it comes to building muscle, we want to train between eight to twenty sets uh, of each muscle group per week. Um, we want to you know, train in the the reps of <coughs> five to thirty uh, rep range, and then with that, we want to stay within the five reps away from failure. Um, and when when a muscle is fully recovered, is is, is that when we want to try and hit that muscle group again? So generally, it's every we want to hit muscle groups every two to three times per week, uh, and we want to add progressive overload. Yep. And as we discussed, there's a lot of different ways to add progressive overload, but basically we want, we want to add more stress to the muscle as we're getting stronger and we're improving uh, our set lifts. Um, and there are many ways for us to do that, you know, adding reps, adding sets, uh, adding more load to the bar, slowing down the tempo, um, you know, adding other intensifiers as well, um, getting the workout done quicker. Um, yes, there's many, many uh, tools for us to use in our arsenal. For progressive overload, uh, when it comes to the nutrition side, we want to add one to four gram, one one point four to two grams uh, of protein per kilo of body weight, as well. Um, we want to be eating in a slight calorie surplus uh, to to help build that muscle, as well. Um, so there.
1: We'll. Um, well, first thing that comes to my head, if I could really simplify it, is. Make sure you're adherent and you're consistent with a training program over the long term. Without that, you're not gonna really get any results. Um, Make sure that you you are training hard and you're getting an adequate stimulus, um, but you're actually recovering from that as well. So that's all your fatigue management stuff, your sleep, your stress management, your nutrition. Um, Once you've got that down pat, look at ways that you're training effectively, putting tension on the right muscles, but not training like an idiot where you end up just beating up your joints, um, feeling worse, doing the same movements over and over again, and then um, injuring yourself. And that's going to lead to long-term gains. That will probably be my my big ones, I would say. If you can kind of do that over the long-term and the points that Ash said, I can't see you not getting good results. Um, But if if you aren't getting good results, I would go through the checkpoints and say, okay, what am I missing? What do I need more of? And then go from there. Maybe not even missing something. Maybe just doing too much. Um, that's what i will probably add in.
0: Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, for listening on today's podcast, and um, we hope you guys got a lot of out of, out of that. And uh, if you did enjoy that the episode, then please you know share this out uh, on social media or with other people that you think that might be uh, um, that might benefit from this episode. And um, yeah, you can find. Uh, Luke and his Instagram Luke, Beesum, Instagram, Luke Beesum. That's it. Nice and simple. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on uh, Ash Huggett Instagram. Nice and simple. Nice well. and simple. <laughs> Straight to the point. Straight to the point. And uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you guys in the next episode.
1: Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed it.
0: Okay, bye.